out of respect for a brave and honest and upright, upstanding public servant, I dedicate this episode of the Todd Herman Show to James Comey, who reminds us we need not worry about a prosecutor at the DOJ prosecuting President Trump. We don't. He reminds us of that. After all, Hillary Clinton committed what amounts to about 1,500 national security felonies. So did Huma Abedin and Susan Rice, everybody who destroyed evidence, Hillary who hid it in her bathroom twice, once at the White House, once in Chappaqua on private servers, and Huma who sent it to her pedophile husband. Hey, would you print this out for me, hon? So we can all relax, dedicate this episode of the show to Jimmy Comey, who reminds us. That's just the way it is. I know the Department of Justice. I know no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. I know a lot of my former friends are out there saying they would. I wonder where they were the last 40 years, because I'd like to see the cases they brought on gross negligence. Nobody would. Nobody did. As we know from the mainstream media. Did I say that? The Mockingbird media. As we know, Jimmy Comey. He's a good cop. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Appreciate our friends at Alan Soaps at alansoaps.com slash Todd. Soon to come a picture of young Alan in the Todd Herman Show t-shirts. Well, one, he's not wearing two in one of them. <laughs> Scott Johnson at Powerline Blog, one of the two indispensable um, lawyer blogs I read, the other being Legal Insurrection, and I have some words from William Jacobson coming up, who runs the Legal Insurrection. Scott Johnson, on the uh, Trump raid, what do we know? Law enforcement leaks and confirmation from the Trump side indicate the FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, indicate the search was focused on presidential records and the possible violation of the Presidential Records Act, which is, of course, the retention of records. And this is a joke. It has nothing to do with that. That's not him. That's me editorializing. In her inside account of the raid, Miranda Devine puts it this way. The Post has learned that the search warrant used by the FBI to enter the palatial Palm Beach property focused solely on presidential records and evidence of classified information being stored there. Solely on that. And yet they made their way into uh, the president's wife's wardrobe. Yeah, the former first lady's wardrobe. They, they went in there. The scope of the seized documents, however, may have extended well beyond the terms of the warrant. Do you think? It appears the FBI scooped up just about every document at the residence. I take it that the authorities are out to get Trump. He's being, uh, of course, sardonic. He knows they are. Based on his own prosecutorial experience, Andrew McCarthy emphasizes the raid was a pretext for seizing documents that may, may bear interest to the Biden Department of Justice and prosecuting Trump for events related to January 6th. The pretext is all 
Of course it is. Of course it is. They intend to charge him with being an insurrectionist and to bar him from running for president. If they do that, they will have said to 50% of the electorate, 50% of active voters, you are banned. And incidentally, what happens in countries where 50% of the populace is told, we will choose your candidate? If only there was a track record. The Trump people are talking. See Divine's New York Post story linked above. However, their knowledge is limited and their purposes are self-interested. True. They tend to defend the president and their knowledge is limited. Now, why would it be limited? Because they didn't get to see the warrant. According to Team Trump, his lawyers never got to look at the warrant. They didn't get to observe the search. Someone at the White House leaked to the New York Times reporter Jonathan Martin that senior White House officials, presumably including the figurehead, had no notice of the raid. Mm-hmm. Yes, we believe that. Certainly, that's, that's on the up and up. They made the Trump staff and lawyers stand outside in the heat. They weren't even allowed to go into the air-conditioned lobby. It was a six-hour to eight-hour affair. At one point, the FBI demanded that the staff turn off the security cameras and the staff refused and they did not turn off the security cameras. So the FBI will almost certainly subpoena all copies so that they can be destroyed because of course the FBI has not released, or not the FBI, the Capitol Police has not released tens of thousands of hours of footage from the Capitol on January 6th. They are holding back footage on the supposed pipe bomber were to believe existed on January 6th. They somehow are holding that back. And yes, in this piece uh, in the New York Post, to which Scott made reference, Miranda Devine does point out that the, the source material was really not limited to anything. There were 30 plainclothes agents from the Southern District of Florida and the Washington um, FBI's field office. They searched the entire 3,000 square foot private quarters, as well as a separate office and safe, the locked basement storage room in which 15 cardboard boxes of material from the White House were stored. Feds arrived at nine and didn't leave until 6.30. So it was much longer search than I'd said. 9 a.m. to 6.30. And they told, uh, according to the Trump lawyers who were there, and this will shock everybody, the attitude of the federal agents was very arrogant. They said, we have no limits. Our warrant lets us look at anything we want to. We can go through the entire facility, the entire home. Now, of course, they could have just made requests for this stuff. Like they did with Hillary, who then smashed her phones with like a hammer. They could have made requests for this stuff. And then because, you know, Hillary went out and had her server wiped like with a cloth And let's recall this, that after the FBI returned the devices to some of the people who surrounded Hillary Clinton while she was busy committing national security felonies for money and selling the office of the Secretary of State for money. And as a reminder that Ben Affleck had her personal email address, but Ambassador Christopher Stevens did not have it. And I bet he wanted it while he was being murdered in Benghazi. 
which of course that was a terrorist attack and it and who could have seen that coming they were upset about a guy who made a film that no one ever saw in southern california that made fun of the prophet islam i mean the prophet muhammad that's that's what happened it wasn't like it was a, an anniversary to an important event in the united states So I dedicate it to Jimmy Comey because... That's just the way it is. I know the Department of Justice. I know no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. I know a lot of my former friends are out there saying they would. I wonder where they were the last 40 years because I'd like to see the cases they brought on gross negligence. Nobody would, nobody did. And thank you, thank you, Jimmy Comey, for making that so very clear. We can, we can, we can relax in this. President Trump is not going to be prosecuted. No reasonable prosecutor would take such a case. So we can relax. Because there's no double standard. There is one law, folks. And Jimmy Comey is an unquestionable, unimpeachable, honest, and good cop. And there's one law. Yeah, but this is different. January 6th. That's why, and let's everybody remind ourselves of this. This is why they carried out that extraordinary raid on Cammy Harris's properties and her husband's properties because Cammy Harris was raising monies for terrorist groups on Twitter. Remember that? When she was raising money to, bear, to, to bail out the terrorist groups and the FBI went and raided her home? That's why they did that. It's like when Barack Obama had the members of the, the early members of Black Lives Matter incorporated into the White House and helped hatch the plan for Black Lives Matter. Hands up, don't shoot. That's why they raided his house. And when Barack Obama was paying lawyers to form a shadow government in Washington, D.C., teaching in open sessions how current members of the bureaucracy could refuse to do their jobs, could refuse to carry out the orders and directives of the sitting president. When he set that system up, that's why they raided his house. When Anthony Fauci went in front of the United States um, Senate and he lied about gain-of-function research and using your money to pay the Chinese Communist Party to study uh, ways to make viruses more deadly. When they found out he lied, they raided his house. That's why they did all those raids on all the houses of the CDC scientists who are openly taking payoffs from Big Pharma because it's in their employment contracts. That's why they did that. When Jay Inslee, the dictator of Washington state, proudly paraded around the fact that he harbors felons who are also illegal immigrants, some of whom have gone on to kill cops, when he bragged about that on CNBC, that's why they sent the feds out and that's why they raided his house. When he announced that Washington state didn't give a hoot about federal drug laws and said, we don't care. We're legalizing pot. We don't care what the federal rules are. We don't care about federal leg regulation. That's why they went and raided his house. When he said, we are not going to participate with federal agents when they come to serve a federal warrant to take a sex trafficking illegal immigrant rapist out of a King County courthouse and into federal custody so they can be flown out of the country and perhaps permanently deported, when he refused to do that, that's why they raided his house. When Gavin Newsom was found to have used insider deals to give money to a newly invented Chinese company that had never made N95 masks and gave them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars or I think tens of millions 
And it turned out that they weren't N95 masks, but it was a close friend of, of the Gavin Newsom family. That's why they raided Gavin Newsom's house. See, there's only one law. Let's all remember that. There's only one law. But in this case, we have Jimmy Comey. Well, I, I've, I, as others, learned on my phone that that had happened. So I don't know very much about it. Uh-huh. Uh, but again, I'm sure that information will be revealed. And when it does, we'll find out what they were looking for. It seems to have something to do with presidential seems documents. To. But I really am not in a position to talk about it because all I know is what's in the public domain. Does it strike you as a, a pretty serious step for the Justice Department to take? Yes, I think it does. Uh, I, I was questioning it because all I saw on my phone was that Donald Trump said that the uh, uh, the visit took place and described it in pretty harsh terms. It would be interesting to find out exactly uh, what the warrant was in order to have what, what the order was to have a search warrant and for what purpose. Before but again, we can only speculate. And she knows what she's talking about. Remember, she just flew to, uh, she just flew to Taiwan just recently, a, a couple days after her husband's engaged in obvious insider trading because he knew the CHIPS Act was going to pass because Nancy Pelosi's dear, dear friend, Mitch McConnell, wanted the CHIP Act to pass, which, by the way, was the precursor to the ridiculously named Inflation Reduction Act. That thing couldn't have passed without the CHIPS Act. The day after, or the day of that legislation, look at that, Paul Pelosi stepped up and bought a whole bunch of stock in companies like Hewlett Packard. How did he know? It's amazing the wealth they've built. And that's why Nancy Pelosi's house was raided. Because it was extraordinary. But in the case of a sitting or a former president, no, no. And a former State Department head, no. No, no reasonable prosecutor would ever do that. When we learned that Black Lives Matter Incorporated has been embezzling monies to buy themselves houses, or it seems to be embezzlement in my opinion, buy themselves houses and investment properties. And we know that this came on the backs of them parading around this trained Marxist demanding that violent people murder cops, which happens, demanding that sick and mentally ill people continue to try to kill federal cops every night for almost two years in Portland. That's why the FBI went across the country, kicking in doors and serving search warrants on the professors who run Antifa. Or for that matter, you speak of government. That's why we had that extraordinary moment where the Speaker of the House in the separate country of Oregon, where her legislative director had her door kicked in. And they searched her and, and, and brought a raid to her house because she, while working for the Democrat Speaker of the House in the separate country of Oregon, also was Antifa. That's why the FBI gave every West Coast agent a copy of Andy Noe's book about Antifa so that they could go through that material and source each cell and break them open and go serve search warrants on the Nike executives and this public school so-called teachers. And like I said, the legislative director of the Speaker of the House of Oregon, that's why they did that, because it was an extraordinary thing, a terrorist cell operating here. When Ebony Magazine wrote the piece about uh, about Black Lives Matter Incorporated going to Palestine to interact with Hamas, an internationally recognized terrorist group, because they're in the same struggle to share techniques 
That's why they went after those guys. That's why they went and when those guys came back from, from, from the Palestinian Authority, that's why the FBI stopped them on the airplanes and said, no, 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 not coming. We're going to raid your houses. That's why they did those things because it's a nonpartisan stand-up effort. But look, when it comes to a former president, they're not going to do it. They, they didn't do it with a former State Department head. They're not going to do it. Jimmy Comey says so. And we know, we know that the people in D.C. pay careful and, and, and really close attention to God who says people in charge do not pick winners and losers. They do not use dishonest measures or scales. They do not lie. They do not deceive. They do not use their power to crush people under them. They treat their servants no differently than they treat their own children or themselves. And certainly, Washington, D.C. pays attention to that because Washington, D.C. is a home of moral and upright human beings. It's the home of people for whom power is God. Money are angels. That's the stark reality. Remember this comment from Mitchell McConnell. What is your reaction to the FBI raid yesterday? I'm here today to talk about uh, the flood and the recovery from the flood. Sir, you were Powerhouse. Well, his staff took to their keyboards. They rushed to them. They put on their flak jackets strapped ARs across their chest and ran through the field of battle and they kicked in the door to the comms office. One young woman headed for the keyboard when a man, valiant and strong, said, no, save yourself, and he dove to the keyboard. Pushed her out of the way, lest she dirty herself in this. And Mitch McConnell's comms team wrote a note to the people of the United States of America, and it's the sort of thing you only see once. It's the sort of statement that will live in infamy. Our country deserved better. Uh, a, a thorough and immediate explanation of what led to the events of Monday. Uh, Attorney General Garland and, and the Department of Justice uh, should, 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 should already have provided answers uh, to the American people must, must, do, must do so immediately. You guys Okay. I know that's a lot. It's uh, a chilling thing to see the Senate minority leader use such strong words. I, I didn't think I'd live to see the day. But the Federalist, great article by Sean Fleetwood we'll get to here in a bit. The Republicans have no idea what time it is. From Julie Kelly, a great write-up on Twitter. Julie writes, I warned them. And she responds to Marco Rubio, who did have some things to say about this. We'll get to the full Comey statement because there's more. And there's a very, very key thing he says in that. Oh, and then the judge who signed off on the Trump warrants, wait until you hear his bending and twisting 
and rhetorical snaking through a sewer pipe of pseudo logic that he used to defend party member in good standing, Lois Lerner, who illegally used the offices of the IRS to identify, target, intimidate, and block conservatives from being involved in the election process. She then, her department then illegally gave those identities to the Department of Justice, who then illegally contacted those people and illegally intimidated them. But no reasonable prosecutor. Thank you, Jimmy Comey. It's Friday. That means that today is a day that I, at the age of my mid-50s, am going to be out competing against my CrossFit coach, who is, am I allowed to say, I just learned her age, early 30s. And my friend and um, physical therapist, also in his early 30s. Oh, and, and my physical therapist, yeah, he can only snatch about 310 pounds. My coach, she only grew up doing gymnastics and graded everything. How on earth could I possibly be going to do this? Well, it was because about um, eight or nine years ago, I made the decision to drop the final 95 pounds of fat that was on my body. All in all, I've dropped uh, 150 pounds of fat that I did not want clinging to me. There's no chance I could do what I'm doing today having not dropped that weight. I couldn't do the first move. And I shared with you recently that uh, I did take a look at the scale, about seven pounds up. I'm, I've decided I'm going to reverse that, but I'm going to do it in three weeks. And what I'm going to do is go to the soda weight loss protocol. I'm going to use that protocol to drop this unwanted seven pounds. I committed to that yesterday with my coach. So my focus in weight loss and in dropping the fat is I like the fun of this. Now, truly, we're going to scale this workout so it's a little bit fair because I'm old and they're not old and my coach is a female and we're both males and we're going to do that. That's what's fun for me, but it doesn't need to be you. So the weight loss is not about gym work. You never need to visit a gym. They might suggest that you walk. You get some gentle exercise if you're not into exercise because they treat everybody as a human being. My wife abhors gyms. I don't know that she would ever be caught dead in or near a gym. She just hates the feeling of gyms. But dropping unwanted fat, well, soda does that independent of this belief about gyms or not. For me, it's fun like that. I don't know what it is for you. Feeling better, sleeping better, tasting food, being able to smell, have sense of smell. It's sodaweightloss.com. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art. Soda weight loss. Yes, stands for state of the art because it is. Uh, Tim Scott, uh, Senator Scott was asked a question about Donald John Trump. And Tim Scott is a disappointment to me. Anybody who can call Lisa Murkowski a strong leader, she's a woman who stole a Senate seat. She lost in the primaries. And remember that whole thing where the, the, the Republican portion of the party used to tell us, you got to back the nominee. You might not think Mitt Romney's a conservative, but you got to back the nominee. Remember that? I do. When she lost in the primaries to a Harvard-educated former Special Forces soldier, they rigged the game for her. A judge. Judges. Imagine that. A judge in Alaska said, yeah, they don't have to write Lisa's last name. 
But wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of leases. You're going to give Lisa Murkowski the vote for all the leases? Yeah, come on. She's a good lady. She's a member of the party. So she didn't just say, oh, yeah, I'll back off. I lost in the primary. It's not the will of my fellow Republicans. She didn't get behind the nominee. She went to a judge who knew her daddy, a governor of Arkansas, or pardon me, of Alaska. She went to daddy's friend. Daddy's friend fixed it for her. But yes, 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 yes. This is all dedicated to Jimmy Comey. So Tim Scott has called her a strong leader. Uh, But we're at this extraordinary moment in American history where that former president is the subject of multiple investigations and his home was searched by the FBI overnight. So I have to put the question to you. Do you still feel that he is the best representative of the Republican Party? Certainly is the largest voice in American politics, period, Republican or Democrat. And it looks like he'll continue to be. The more focus you put on him, the more likely the supporters will rally around him. Mm. There is a huge divide in our country. But wait a second before you go, Senator. That wasn't the question. You said largest, which is largest Uh, voice. Objectively true, right? He won a straw poll. Do you still think best representation? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean... uh, the good news is I get the answer to the question of how I see that question. <laughs> yeah. But the truth is that he is, without any question, the most powerful voice in, in all of politics. And that's why so many people, left and right, continue to focus on President Trump. Yeah. Well, but the focus isn't on President Trump. It's on your vote. They want to take away your vote. They want to take away your option to vote for Trump. I mean, you can do it, but he's not allowed to be president in their eyes. That's how you get a civil war. That's how you do it. You go to 50% of the electorate and say, nah, no, nah. no, I'm sorry. That's not on the menu. Well, we'll have Ron DeSantis. Sure. Until they decide to do this to DeSantis. Sure. Well, they couldn't do the DeSantis. Oh, they couldn't. They couldn't make DeSantis the monster and they made Trump. Look, when I could not bring myself to get past President Trump's personality, in the first election in which he ran when I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out until I saw him govern and said, what did I not get? I brought, do you remember this guy? He's, he's become insane. His name is Rick Wilson. I brought him on the show because he, at that time was a stalwart Republican. He actually did beat up media matters, beat the garbage out of him. Uh, and I brought Rick on the show, Wilson, who's become insane And I asked him, how much money has the Mockingbird media given to President Trump in campaign coverage? And he calculated it to be $10 billion of free media versus maybe $500 million to other people. They they wanted President Trump. They wanted Donald Trump because, of course, in the eyes of the Mockingbird media, that was the clown. But then Donald John Trump came out and said flat out, I'm going to build a wall. It's going to be big and it's going to be beautiful. Boom, he won this. So they don't want you to have that second shot. So what would they do to DeSantis? Anything they could. DeSantis will be harder. He hasn't grifted. His net worth is is effectively, what, $400,000, $500,000 was last time I checked. I mean, he's not a poor man. But he's not grifted, or at least not obviously. But this is how you get a civil war. You say your vote is not going to matter. We, the FBI, are going to prevent you from being able to vote for who you want, like we prevented you from being able to take the early treatment you chose, like we prevented you from being able to send your kids back to school without a woke mask, like we're preventing you from speaking out at school board meetings. Do you get it yet? You will choose from what we give you. 
They followed up with, oh, by the way, in that clip, I, I think that's Gail King who has to cut in in a way they'd never cut in with a Democrat. But at least the guy, Good Morning CBS, actually asked a question about the FBI being biased. But why this is such a dangerous moment in our history, and a lot of people have pointed this out, is because we are divided. Uh, yes. There are wings of our government that are supposed to be nonpartisan, but now seem to be politicized. And one of right. those wings is the FBI. So do you think the FBI, do you still believe and trust in the FBI to do its job, even with a former president, uh, in a nonpartisan way? Or do you believe, as the, as the former president says, that the FBI is executing a witch hunt? Well, we've had the we've had the FBI before uh, the Judiciary Committee just in the last two weeks trying to figure out why they do what they do. And there's been lots of questions before this raid about whether or not the FBI is doing their job apolitical. And we don't know the answer to that question yet. This you is probably gonna, about the FBI. This is going to raise more questions, in my opinion. We need to let this play out and see exactly what happens. But we should all have been stunned and surprised and shocked at what happened yesterday. The real question is, A, what is the Federal, Federal uh, Records Act? And, and mm. B, what are we talking about? It, it, ha it has to be something of incredible magnitude yeah. for at least my side of the aisle to say that was, that was warranted. With, without that, I think we're going to find ourselves in a very big mess yeah. as it relates to the credibility of the FBI. Well, so you don't have Tim Scott, Tim Scott is seven years behind. And, and it's, he's getting further behind. Tim, Chris Ray sat in a meeting uh, in a session under oath. And as Chuck Grassley was asking questions, Chris Ray was looking at his watch. Hey, uh, Senator, I got to go. What do you mean? I got to catch a flight, man. I can't afford to be late for this flight. If I miss this flight, um, it's really bad. I got to, I got to get to the airport. Where was he going? Well, didn't you know? Honestly, we played that sound clip. You heard that, right? Did you know where he was going? This goes to the utter arrogance. This is the behavior of someone telling you that the persons, the people who represent us, the Senate, he doesn't give a stinking hoot about. He knows he's in charge. He knows he's just pretending. He's just placating. He's telling them, hey, Chuck, Senator, I'll leave whenever I want to. I will turn around and walk out. You can't touch me. I'm permanent. He was going on vacation. Christopher Ray was about to go catch a plane you pay for. And he was headed out on vacation. Red State has the story. Chuck Grassley's staff did not know where Ray was going after the hearing. And FBI Public Affairs did not respond to an email Sunday by press time. Red State quotes the New York Post, but the luxury FBI Gulfstream Ray uses was recorded on Flight Trader 24, making the one hour and 12 minute flight later that afternoon to bucolic Saronic Lake in the Adirondacks, which happens to be a favorite summer destination since his childhood when he used to hike the high peaks and fish for trout, according to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. Popped onto a Gulfstream state-of-the-art jet you pay for, with pilots for whom you pay, 
and fuel for which you pay. And he flew there rather than answer questions from you through your representatives. Any questions? This is the rebuilding of the royal model in the sinful fleshly desires of people who desire to rule others. They truly believe that they are the betters. The book, what DC gets wrong details this. They have such an absolute low estimation of us that they couldn't possibly allow us to have the vote that we want So right now, they intend to eliminate Trump. And if it brings about a civil war, well, all the better for them. Because, of course, that will give them the excuse to do what they've been dying to do anyway, which is to start the round. Well, I shouldn't say start the roundups. To get in a full drive in the roundups. The whole Comey thing here in a second. Oh, hey, you know, uh, later today, we're having Zach Abraham on. That is, if the if I always say that, and I always forget that it's I'm recording this because I'm an old radio guy, old fashioned radio guy. So I keep thinking it's live time, and Zach's waiting out in the lobby. Uh, we are scheduled to have Zach on because we have Zach on every Friday from Bulwark Capital Management next Thursday, um, this coming Thursday. Zach Abraham is putting on a free live webinar, and it is Thursday, August 18th at 3 p.m. Zach will go through in some detail, by the way, what they mean when they say risk management, that that's their focus. What does that mean, actually? How do they do that? Zach will explain that. He'll run you through the process. You'll meet some of the members of his team. Often they do that. He'll talk about why the 60-40s talk bond mix that you've been taught. I was taught. I remember having a dear friend of mine who is a, a wonderful man and a brilliant, brilliant entrepreneur, come and balance my portfolio for me at work and show me how to do that and the Fidelity tools. I was with Fidelity at the time, 60-40 stock bond mix. And he and I fundamentally disagree about the investment world, my friend and I. But Zach and I, we see eye to eye because I do think this zero interest rate thing is mobbed up. I do think it's rigged. I think Zach is very open on that. He'll also talk about when you should take Social Security. Do you have enough to retire? What's the deal with long-term care? Do you need estate planning? And he answers questions from the audience. You do have to register. It is free. It is online. But you got to register because they need to know how many people are going to be there because they don't, in fact, have unlimited seating from this online event. Super easy to register. Just go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's no, K-N-O-W. YourRiskRadio.com. Reminder, investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Marco Rubio sees this in, to some degree, uh, to perhaps to a great degree, uh, far differently than does uh, Tim Scott. A group takes power. One of the first things that group does is they begin to persecute and go after their political opponents. And then when the supporters of their political opponents begin to complain about it, they begin to target them and they criminalize opposition. And that's what's happening here now. They took power. They are demanding. And you see it on Twitter. You see their public statements. They are demanding. They want Donald Trump arrested. They want him charged right now. They wanted him charged uh, months ago, years ago. They wanted him charged... 
And I'm telling you the next thing you're going to see here, Sean, because it's the playbook. And that is they are now going to begin to say, oh, these Trump supporters, these Republicans, they're very upset. They're saying very angry things. We think they might be a threat. We think they're radical extremists. Let's start arresting them. You're going, the next step in this process is going to be that people who are supporters of Donald Trump's or just conservatives complaining about this are going to begin to get harassed by, are going to begin to get labeled as potential insurrectionists and are going to begin to get harassed uh, by law enforcement. That's the next step in this playbook, sadly. They put a guy who made a YouTube film that criticized uh, Muhammad, the, uh, the false prophet of Islam. They, 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 they put him in jail for over a year. Prison, no, jail. They put him in jail for over a year with no charges. Just as a play act, just as, a, just as an excuse. Just so they can say, oh, yeah, we, we've jailed the filmmaker. And in that case, they used a pretext as well. They, put, they didn't charge him for over a year because he made a YouTube video that no one watched. So they wouldn't use the, the justice. They're using it now. Julie Kelly writes, I said from the start, this was coming. I reported on this 18 plus months ago to defend those wrongly accused to build the case against Trump. With few exceptions, no one in the GOP cared. They ignored my reporting as hundreds of lives were destroyed. GOP owns this and all the damage. And by the way, this is no defense of Trump. She writes, for 18 months, his team ignored the plight of J6 defendants who had their homes raided by dozens of armed FBI agents and some sent to prison, denied bail by DOJ prosecutors and D.C. judges he appointed. No one spoke or helped them, including the GOP. Incidentally, President Trump has now said he will pardon uh, any and all nonviolent J6 protesters. Julie continues, I've listened to grown men cry in front of twisted D.C. judges begging for mercy on petty offenses before they were sentenced to jail. Wives, kids subjected to cruel FBI raids. People broke over nothing even close to what happened during the 2020 riots. And GOP leadership, silent. I mentioned yesterday um, a conversation, a note that a friend of mine in, um, in D.C. sent me, uh, Alex. And I could say his last name. It wasn't a private email. It was a mass email. People who see the email will know that it came from with this Alex. They'll get that. Um, he wrote back to me very quickly. And I said yesterday that he is the consummate gentleman, and he is. And, and he wrote back and actually said, you know what? I hear you. I, I get you. I, I feel you. And he said, I think Mark Halpern gets this too. I was referencing Mark Halpern's opinion that Trump broke D.C. And what I said yesterday was, no, he didn't. D.C. was broken. Trump exposed it. What Trump showed is how far the party is willing to go to keep control, to keep holding on to the speaker stick. That's what Trump showed. And I am, man, I don't know that I have any influence in this way, but I am halfway convinced that if we don't want a civil war, it'd be a good thing to fly the Beltway Republicans to North Idaho for a week or two. And put them in some ball caps and some four by fours. And you guys can come out and go to the gun range with us and go to church with us. You and I can go volunteer together. We can go out and uh, you can help me with some of the people who are just out of prison and jail and trying to help them get jobs. We can go do that all together. And then you can bring up politics and people don't need to know who you are. And you can hear and listen and understand they're not bumpkins. They are completely clear-eyed about D.C. versus the rest of us. They get the math. They get the fake budget. They understand that we are not just functionally bankrupt. We're structurally bankrupt. They know that. 
They know how that's happened. They understand the foreign entanglements. They know that Fauci lied to them. You guys may think that you pull this off, but, but truly, I'm telling you, you don't pull it off. Way out here in bumpkin country, we see that. And there are people in D.C. who sees it. Sean Fleetwood is an intern at, uh, is an intern? Wow. Uh, at the Federalist. And he writes that the Republicans have no idea what time it is. Part of the article, taken collectively, the lackluster reaction from Republicans demonstrates once again that the party still doesn't grasp the moment in which we're living. I changed that. It says living in. I don't like to end sentence with prepositions. This isn't 1990s politics anymore. The days of bipartisanship and reaching across the aisle are long behind us. Democrats have repeatedly shown they have no interest in letting bygones be bygones. One need look no further than the left's infiltration of major American institutions and amassing of power within government agencies, which they've actually used to punish their political opponents at every available opportunity. Whether it's the FBI's orchestration of the phony Trump-Russia collusion investigation or the IRS's harassing of conservative Tea Party groups during the Obama administration, the message from the left is clear. Take your constitution and shove it. For Republicans like Scott to suggest that agencies such as the FBI still possess any semblance of objectivity after everything they've put the country through the past several years is not only laughable, it's indicative of just how out of touch Republicans are with the reality in which the country finds itself today. Whether the GOP likes to admit it, America is engaged in a cold civil war and all available evidence shows the left has no intention of backing down. Please don't say at the end of the day, dang it, he said it. At the end of the day, Republican statements of condemnation and outrage over Democrats' abuse of government powers are just empty words until the Republicans learn to punch back forcibly against Democrats and punish corrupt DOJ officials for their criminal actions. Leftists throughout America's government will not hesitate to use every tool in their arsenal to go after anyone who stands in the way of neo-Marxist utopia. Unfortunately, for those who love America, the GOP has are largely shown it is both incapable and unwilling to do so, thus leaving an already fragile country on the brink. And I would only say this to Sean Fleetwood. It's not just the Democrats, young man. I understand what it is to have party loyalty. It is not just the Democrats, young man. The Republicans know the, the, the deep state. They know the administrative state. I could go poll all the sounds. Senator McConnell, how much trust do you have in Tony Fauci? Uh, 100% complete trust. Don't, 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 uh, I know Joe Biden, Joe, Joe, Joe Biden, a career uh, public chairman. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, John McCain, who later went on to vote against repealing Obamacare. Remember that? Remember that little bit of revenge? My friends, don't fear uh, uh, president Obama, he'll be a fine and upstanding president. Don't fear. Uh, I'm endorsing him, even though I'm running against it. We all remember that, right? I did dedicate this all to Jimmy Comey. Before we get to that, one of Jimmy Comey's former colleagues, Bruce Reinhart, the judge, unbiased judge who donated to Obama and said terrible things about President Trump on Facebook, who worked for Jeff Epstein's employees in defending them right after he was on the prosecutorial team going after Jeff Epstein. And then he switched sides and right there, right in midstream, switched sides, formed a, a limited liability company, which he turned into an LLP, made himself a lawyer again in private practice, went to those employees and said, hey, I know everything about the Epstein prosecution. 
You pay me five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred bucks a month, whatever it is, or hour per, uh, you know, per hour plus a dandy retainer, and I'll make sure you don't go to prison. That Bruce Reinhardt. This is him on one of the uh, the this it's like C-Pan, C-SPAN show. Listen to the many different ways he defends Lois Lerner of the IRS right here. Being overseen by Eric Holder cannot be, you know, we won't see due process. Yeah, I, it's offensive, not necessarily because I happen to know Mr. Cole and, and Attorney General Holder personally and, and like them personally. It's offensive because I served in the Justice Department under Democratic administrations and Republican administrations, and the uh, same party. argument was made about both. Being prepared for him. Finally, someone in the administration admits that the destruction of two years of emails from Lois Lerner is fishy. To you, does this pass the smell test? Yeah, unfortunately, having been in government a long time, the fact that, it, well, let me put it this way, incompetence doesn't necessarily lead to criminality. So and which, which, which out of those, those two scenarios right there seems more likely to you at this point? Uh, within the IRS, probably incompetence. The IRS has one of the most antiquated computer systems in the world. Um, and the fact that emails could have disappeared without Ms. Lerner knowing about it or Ms. Lerner being involved is entirely credible to me. And that, I'm sure, will be her explanation, is that she was a very high-level person in the department. When the subpoena came in from Congress, it was delegated down to people who did this for a living. They were instructed to find everything. Information came back up to her that said, this is what we have. She reported what she was told, and it turns out not to be true, but that's not a crime. If she didn't know it wasn't true, that's not a crime. And that's going to probably be where her defense lies. And th one of the problems with that might be the fact that there have been some new emails surfacing that Lerner uh, apparently warned some of her colleagues about that. You, you, maybe, maybe you've seen those emails. Would that... And we have one on the screen here. I was cautioning folks about emails and how we can have we had several occasions where Congress has asked for emails. Now, this is was this getting back to what you were you were mentioning at the very onset of this interview, where you have maybe this is a smoking gun that proves there was some sort of conspiracy here. Possibly, it depends again how one reads that email. Um, it's it could be read one way to say that destroy what we already have, which would of course be criminal, or it could be construed to say, going forward, recognize that Congress may ask for our emails, so be careful what you put in writing. Because I think at the end of the day, um, what originally happened here is probably not a crime. And to the extent there's concerns about the non-production of the emails, I think she has enough insulation between her and those production issues that barring some other real smoking gun, I don't see it. That's, that's the same judge who signed off on a warrant um, to go get boxes of everything Trump has. Do you think Donald John Trump is the guy who put stuff in boxes? Knowing what we know about President Trump, do you think he observed every piece of paper? <laughs> but the, she had enough insulation between herself and the charges. <laughs> oh, and by the way, this is, this is according to Bruce Reinhardt, President Trump's defense, when no reasonable prosecutor prosecutes him, President Trump's defense can be, I didn't know that was against the law. My employees said it was fine. I didn't know. You said it, Bruce. I was in a very senior position. I didn't know. That's not illegal. You said it yourself, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, when you live in a Tower of Babel, you don't even make sense to yourself. And yet this episode of the Todd Herman Show podcast is in fact dedicated to the upright good cop. Jimmy Comey, James Comey. 
And here, Comey describes many, but not all, of the crimes committed by Hillary Rodham Clinton. From the group of 30,000 emails returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. Eight of those chains contained information that was top secret at the time they were sent. 36 of those chains contained secret information at the time, and eight contained confidential information at the time. That's the lowest level of classification. So every time those were stored in an illegal location, that's a felony. Hillary's server, felony. She sent them to her housekeeper, some of them, to print out her housekeeper. Shockingly, did not have clearance for those. Felonies. She gave them to her um, IT doctors who wiped them with like a cloth. Felonies. Her disgraced pseudo law firm, which is really just a money laundering operation and intent money laundering operation, in my judgment, Perkins Coie. Felonies. Her basement IT boss, who didn't even put simple anti-intrusion software on the routers or anything else in the house. Felonies. Every time she shared that stuff with people when she was selling our, 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 the North America's uranium. Felonies. So you take those hundreds of cases and you times them by how many people had them. That's how you get up to 1,500 felonies. You listen to that. And what is Trump accused of? Having some papers in his house, which can't be hacked. By the way, papers can't be hacked unless you're the FBI and then you can, can send in a safe-cracking expert and then go hack the house. But Russia can't hack papers. They hacked Hillary. They still can't say that. They, by the way, when you call your email address Clinton Mail and it's from Chappaqua and you don't even take the first step to mask your IP, you don't even use the free version of a vast to mask your IP or whatever it is, Ben Shapiro, you know, pimps on that. You don't put Barracuda software on it. <laughs> you plug in a, um, Wired once did this thing to, to test this theory. They plugged in a brand new laptop without any virus software, uh, software on it. And they went surfing. And I think the first virus that got on that so on that computer was like within an hour. And sometimes that, that, that day it was compromised. Because that's how quickly this stuff can happen. So that's Jimmy Comey talking about all of these crimes. And then Jimmy Comey sat down in front of the people's representatives. And this is why we've dedicated this program to career public servant and good cop. He follows the facts. That's it. Who, what, where, when, why? Just the facts, ma'am. And Jimmy Comey assures us. No reasonable prosecutor. And I look at the facts we gathered here. As I said, I see evidence of great carelessness, but I do not see evidence that is sufficient to establish that Secretary Clinton or those with whom she was corresponding both talked about classified information on email and knew when they did it, they were doing something that was against the law. Right? So given that assessment of the facts, my understanding of the law, my conclusion was and remains, no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. No reasonable prosecutor would bring the second case in 100 years focused on gross negligence.
And so I know that's been a source of some confusion for folks. That's just the way it is. I know the Department of Justice. I know no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. I know a lot of my former friends are out there saying they would. I wonder where they were the last 40 years, because I'd like to see the cases they brought on gross negligence. Nobody would, nobody did. Barack Hussein Obama mm -mm -mm, and Eric Holder enabled Mexican narco terrorists to walk across our border illegally, walk into gun stores illegally, take weapons home illegally. They blocked, they stopped the gun stores from not selling them. They said, we'll steal your licenses your federal gun dealing licenses unless you let the narco terrorist go back into Mexico with the guns. Oh, no, we're not going to track the guns. We don't care. The narco terrorist went across the border. They took those guns and they murdered a wedding party. They slaughtered a wedding party. And is it two or three federal officers they then murdered? Barack Obama and Eric Holder. Barack Obama sent illegally billions of dollars to Iran illegally in contravention of a document he, Barack Hussein Obama, had to sign twice, certifying that he, Barack Hussein Obama, mm, 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 God bless Rush, would not violate that agreement by giving them money. We were not allowed to have a banking relationship with Iran in order to, 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 to make sure that that money was not sent to Iran. So he sent it in pallets of foreign currency at night, illegally in exchange for hostages, and they eventually admitted, yeah, they were hostages, and yeah, we did that. Barack Hussein Obama helped plan and execute Occupy Wall Street, which he then helped plan and turn into Black Lives Matter Incorporated, which is an international, what's well, not, it's a domestic terror group. Barack Hussein Obama worked with, he had the lowest learner and the IRS leaders, bosses, were the most frequent visitors to Barack Hussein Obama in the White House. It was the IRS that blocked conservatives from being fundamentally involved in the election. It was the DOJ who took the illegal information given them by the IRS and illegally intimidated GOP donors, not GOP, but conservative donors. That's Barack Hussein Obama. So Comey's right. No prosecutions in 40 years. And he narrows it in the case of gross negligence. Barack Hussein Obama is not negligent, never has been. Not a negligent bone in that man's body. Joe Biden is negligence. And grifting, but mostly negligence now. What we have is assurance, no reasonable prosecutor. And Jimmy, I appreciate that. Now, please, You're feeling wrath, rage. Let's together, you and I, inhale, hold it, and exhale. The Lord instructs us, my children, leave room for my rage. Leave room for my rage. We do our part. We live as followers of Jesus Christ, the King. That is as changed people. We put our trusts in the Lord, not horses and chariots. He will 
bring justice. It's a certainty. Remember that God is eternal, alpha and omega, always has been, always will be. When he promises a thing, it has already been done. These people who do not repent have already faced God's wrath and justice. Because God is eternal, it has already happened. We can relax then. Doesn't make it okay. But you know who has our six? I beg you, as listeners of the podcast, to be informed and to be grounded in the only foundation that does not shake and fall during an earthquake or wash away during storms or burn in fires. And that is the foundation of the word of God. He has already punished the guilty because he's eternal. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And if you have brothers and sisters in states of rage and frustration and anger over this, it's a great opportunity for them, for for you to remind them of the ultimate gift of faith, knowledge that the King of Kings, it's already handled.